Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Hey everyone, and welcome to All Together, the Family Science Insights Podcast, produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Dina Sargent. Now, let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. So when you're a kid, you are constantly seeing your family and typically in the same household. But as you grow older, most kids often move out of home or even move to a different country. So we're faced with having to deal with the guilt and also the anxiety of moving on your own. Here to help us talk through this is my co- is my host of another show, um, Lu Nyu. Um, how are you going today? <laughs> That's so weird. When you're like introducing me, I'm like, how are you going to introduce me? I okay, don't know. great. <laughs> great. <laughs> there are so many ways you can introduce me. By the way, um, but yeah, thanks for that introduction. I'm great. Um, had having a very big cup of matcha. Yes. So that's fueling me right now. And um, yeah, I'm fueled as well by our talk a little bit earlier. So yes. I'm excited about today. And I have a lot to say about this topic. I know she just came back from <laughs> spending three months with her family. <laughs> yeah. So there's Pretty a lot. Much, um, yeah, but I have so much going on to talk about. I don't know. This is very timely. I'm just like really glad, <laughs> really, really glad we could talk about it. Oh, I'm just glad to have you on Thank and have a perf- personal expert of personal experiences to yeah, help us. Yeah, I mean, disclaimer, don't take it from me. Just, you know, <laughs> experience it yourself. I'm going to share my side of the story. You might hate it. You might love it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start with a little get to know you, as you probably know how to go. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> how it's going to go. <laughs> So, um, for those of you who don't know, we're going to be sharing the first three things, first few things that sort of come into Lou's head and just following the keywords. So, the first one is your favorite book. I told you earlier, it's a very tough one because I have so many favorites. So, I'll probably just recommend what I'm reading right now because that's very timely and, you know, I personally like it for the start of the year mm-hmm. it's called the high five habits by mm-hmm. mel robbins i love mel robbins i've been a, a fan of her for a really long time and this book in particular um i picked it up because of uh, i mean first of all the hook was definitely the title mm-hmm. but second why i really like the concept um the idea behind it and not really a spoiler but you know the, the name says it all so the high five habit you just high five, but not somebody else. You actually high five yourself every morning in the mirror. Okay. And uh, there are multiple reasons for that. And I'm probably going to let you read through the book to find out. But No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> but I really love the fact that she just learned through her own experience. And mm-hmm. she shared how powerful this small habit can be in your lives, especially when you need a little support. And, you know, we all know. Or maybe some of us don't know. We're we are our own best friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only person who's going to be there from start to finish with us would be ourselves. Yes. And we need to 
find ways to you know help ourselves go through tough times or even just to keep ourselves motivated it's kind of like you know sometimes you need a friend to cheer you on or be your accountability buddy but you can <laughs> actually be your own person for that so yeah like that's uh, so far the idea and i'm only a few chapters in okay but i'm already hooked so yeah i'm i'm sure there's more to find out but basically that's the gist well, I can't wait to hear more about it when you message me and tell me how it ends. <laughs> I shall. I shall, for sure. Um, so next up, how about your favorite movie? Um, I am conflicted when it came to this question <laughs> because I have a lot of favorites. Again, I'm going to suggest something that I just watched. Actually, okay. last night because um, I, I like to watch um, like serious movies with... Okay twists and turns and you know lessons and things like that yep. but oftentimes when you know when i just need to chill out i'll watch a rom-com this is sort of like i feel like my guilty pleasure but i don't know i don't know like i don't think i should feel guilty because of it um so yeah there's a, a new rom-com on netflix called your place or mine okay yeah yeah with ashton kutcher and reese with a spoon it's really funny. Um, I think it's really sweet as well because it's, it doesn't talk about the, you know, like the teenager kind of love, but, you know, the more adult, mature mm-hmm. relationship and, you know, how two people find ways to each other. Anyways, I will leave you guys to watch <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, come to your own conclusion. But I think it's really sweet. And, yeah, I'm a big fan of the both of them. So I enjoyed the experience of watching it. And the funny thing is they weren't, like, together mm-hmm. in the same space for like 90 percent of the movie oh wow so yeah like i think that's the highlight to me because like you know with distance Mm -hmm. the relationship grew um and they realized a lot about each other so that's interesting yeah that's nice new con new way of doing it new way of relationship for sure it's really cool how about your favorite podcast <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say. So, uh, Dina, you know exactly what I'm gonna say. But for listeners who don't know, um, I also host two other podcasts on the show, and because of that reason, I don't listen to podcasts anymore. Like, period. I have to be very honest. Ever since I started hosting, I just stopped listening to podcasts because I enjoy the experience of being in the studio and learning from our guests directly so much. And you know, every now and again, I would watch. Um, your guys' podcast. So, you know, because we have 10 podcasts, right? That's yes. a lot of information to consume. And I'm already like a fan of all of our shows. But because I'm here today, I'm going to share about my shows, which are um, one about happiness mm-hmm. called Sarah Boost. And the other one is about well-being called Doing Well. So if you haven't checked that out, <laughs> I'll have them all linked down below. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you kindly. But yeah, I'm also a big fan of all the other shows that we have. And yeah, I haven't listened to all of the episodes, uh, but I've definitely tuned into each show a few times. Um, but yeah, that's on my to-do list this year to, to listen to your guys' shows more. So, yeah, I'll probably have 10 favorites next time. So I'm going <laughs> to, it's going to take me a while to list all of them. We'll do a tier list somewhere yeah, in the middle. <laughs> one is hard to suggest, but I can yeah. suggest 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so interesting and we've sort of built a whole little community amongst ourselves as well <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'm not sure if it's gonna be weird uh, you know vlogging our own things but um i genuinely think our shows are really great yeah. our guests are amazing you know you guys have um amazing energy as well so you know it's just a joy listening and watching you guys even yeah. um feeling like i feel like i'm there with you guys in the studio 
Yeah, that's the thing. I think like I probably my favorite of yours is the Sarah Boost one. Yeah, it's my favorite show. Like I keep listening back to it and watching Aww. it back. It's so nice. But then you guys kind of have to watch my show as well because of me. So. Yeah, I know. Like, oops. <laughs> it's I listen to her on the go on Spotify, but I watch her face on YouTube, especially yeah. the three months you were gone. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I was like, I so forgot sweet. what she looked like. So sweet. Yeah. You have you have my funny expressions on the screen. Yes. Anytime you want. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, ve- I'm a very expressive person. Yes. So, yeah. You can't hide it. <laughs> can't hide it. No. Yeah. <laughs> so how about lastly? How about your favorite course that you've completed? Um, the most recent one that I've completed, and I've talked about this a little bit on my shows as well, is called the Science of Wellbeing. Um, that is a free course on Coursera, and recently they also released a version for teenagers as well. Um, the, the reason I liked it was because it's, you know, from uh, a Harvard professor called Laurie Santos. And, you know, she, she has um, this energy to herself that makes you feel like she's genuine. And, you know, she truly wants you to learn and grow through that experience. And I think to me, the, the instructor of a course is really important. Um, so for me to have that experience is actually quite empowering. You know, just just doing that with her and seeing other students in in the classroom that they filmed as well. And they're kind of like nodding along, making notes or, you know, sometimes asking really good questions about well-being. And I've actually paced myself um, doing the course because it it was, you know, you could do it in one go. Took a few weeks, but I actually spaced it out and then I did it in a couple of months just so it helped me. And sometimes I redid some of the modules because I just needed to do that and go through the experience. Um, so, yeah, I think that. And um, also we have some courses that we're developing, which I, I'm also a fan of because, you know, I've been testing the courses. And uh, sometimes when you're really close to the product, it's really hard to say. But, you know, at the moment we're testing the emotions course, for example. And um, I actually learned quite a, new, uh, quite a few new things along the way. There's definitely room for improvement. So I'm hoping that um, when we release the courses, it'll be something that everyone can benefit from. And, you know, it has a lot of new insights for us and practical tips as well. But I do think that, you know, the, the model of self-paced learning really helps me. So, yeah. You asked for one, but I gave you two. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a fun fact about the emotions course as well as that our voices are going to be on it. You yeah. can hear our voices coming up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. So we're starting to record the audio for a lot of them now. So Not just emotions. Be... All the courses. All the courses. We all have voices. so many. Exactly. <laughs> will be so many of them. So many different areas that we're mm. so excited to share as well. Exactly. Very keen. Very keen to share. <laughs> all right. So we're coming on here to talk about not just the three months that she's been away, but what she's done in the three months that she's been away. Why does it feel weird now? Why, why is it about my three months? This is about my whole life. It's your whole life story. It's about my whole life. From yeah. day one. Pretty much, yeah. We're going to talk about that. So, first, first start off with, mm-hmm. everyone has a very different definition of what family is. Yeah. What do you see as your definition of family? Um, good question. I was thinking about it when you showed me the list of questions and I was kind of like, this is tough to define Mm -hmm. because it could be really simple. Like everyone knows, right? Family unit, you know, with uh, all the family members who live together and, you know, grew up together and whatnot. Like maybe the traditional definition. But to me, Mm -hmm. this definition comes from my own experience and the fact that I moved 
to a whole different country and start my life from scratch, pretty much. Uh, to me, family is my support system. Mm-hmm. It's not just whoever I'm related to by blood, but actually whoever are in my life giving me the love and support that I need to, you know, go through anything in life, really. So in the past for me, that was my mom, my grandma, grandpa, and um, we have an extended family as well. Uh, but, you know, to me, my core family was with them. You know? yeah. um, I don't have that close of a relationship with my dad because, you know, they split when I was really small. But, mm-hmm. you know, to me, like my my grandparents and my mom were the world to me. Basically, and they still are. Mm, my my grandma passed about ten years ago, but she still is a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm here. I'm, I'm not home in, anymore. And for context, I moved from Vietnam to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very different experience. And I think when I moved here, I initially didn't think much about family. Mm-hmm. And um, there there were a few things that happened along the way. I've been here for almost five years now. It's come for my five years. Oh, my gosh. In, which day is it now? Probably Should in a be? week or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, so very soon, five years and counting. Um, but, yeah, when I think when I was in my second or third year in, in Melbourne, I was kind of thinking about family a bit more closely, and I was thinking, mm-hmm. I don't talk to my family family that much anymore but I sort of have a new family mm-hmm. and then um, in my fourth year I heard one of my closest friends in Melbourne said you know we are expats okay. and with that we are each other's family something along mm-hmm. that line you okay know, like, and yeah. and I, w- I was kind of like taken aback for a few seconds because mm-hmm. it's nothing new it's not like a new thing that just happened. Yeah. It happened over time. But it was so interesting to me when she said that out loud because you don't really say that out loud very often. Yeah. And then after that, I don't remember exactly what happened, but then we started a group chat um, called Family is Family. It's funny. <laughs> the name is formed. And it was just random because somebody else created that group chat, not mm-hmm. her. So we have a big friend group. So, you know, that group chat happened. And yeah. then... And then I realized, you know what, we are we are each other's family. And mm-hmm. my family back home is still my family, yeah. but they're no, no longer my support system here. Mm-hmm. They still support me probably emotionally every now and again. Um, but, you know, in terms of daily support or, you know, things that I go through, my friends here in Melbourne are the ones that have supported me the most and they have become yeah. my family now. It's a whole different family. It's a whole different set of unit. And mm-hmm. it's for a reason. You know, I'm just, I'm truly thankful that I have that group of people that I can lean on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, even talking about, you know, the, the three months that I was away, I have three cats. Yeah. And everyone's like, <laughs> everyone's like freaking out when I, when I said I'm going to be away for three months. They're like, how are the cats going to live? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my friend's going to take care of them. And then everyone's also taken aback by that because, you know, that three months yeah. would be a very long time if someone to take care of your cats. Um, so yeah, I think it's the definition for me personally would mm-hmm. has changed and just to conclude it, it's, you know, your support system wherever you are and it, it can include your, you know, blood family and also whoever else 
are mm-hmm. in your lives. You know, could be your friends, mm-hmm. could be your colleagues. Yeah, I think you guys are part of my extended family in Melbourne because you think know so too. support system. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, I think to me that's that's my personal definition. Yeah, no, I love I love that. Like support yeah. system is such a big part of your everyday. Like you need that, and as much as you can rely on yourself, there's always that moment where you need to sort of realize that you can rely on someone else. So like having that as well being, and especially when you have that independent mindset. It can be hard for a lot of us to sort of want to open, like find that person where you can really open up to. And it's yeah. really fun when you do. Because yeah. it's like, okay, I have people, like I have friends that I now consider family yeah. more than my family. Yeah. And people that I would talk to more than my family. Exactly. So it's really, it's really nice to have that. Mm-hmm. So like I love the idea of being a support system and yeah. you can choose your family. That's mm. the thing that I think a lot of people are starting to realise. Yeah. Is that family isn't what who you're related to. Mm-hmm. It's who you're with. Exactly. Constantly. And yeah. yeah. So I love that. Yeah. So what do you think in like the position of a family is in today's world? It's a big question. Yes. It is a very big question. That's why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to your research team for coming up with that question. I know. It's a question. I think for me... You know, from my own definition of, of a family, right, I, I think um, families make society better okay. because I think traditionally I feel like in the past the role of families was just to, you know, sustain the bloodline, mm-hmm. like way back in the day. I'm not going to say when it was or if it, if it has changed, perhaps it hasn't in, in, you know, certain cultures. But, um, yeah, now I really think it's to to constantly be there to improve society because it's supposed to be for education as well. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to grow and learn together yeah. or learn and grow together, if you will. It's different in the sense that you just don't go through the days. Like for me, at least, like I think, and this is go, going back to your definition of learning and choosing, yeah. um, you know, as you grow, you choose your family. And I think that's for a reason, why would you choose certain people to be in your family? Because you find values in those relationships and you learn and you grow with them. Mm-hmm. And overall, you know, you, you become better humans and you contribute to a better society. And I think, um, if anything, the least you can learn from people around you is how to be kind, mm-hmm. how to be a good human. You know, if you don't learn anything else, at least, I, I think that's a constant reminder that you should get from from your circle um, and, you know, going back to the, the circle concept and, you know, the family concept that I talked about, I think no one is, uh, this is probably not new to anyone. So, so n- no one's probably going to say, I've never heard of this, but there's a concept where, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And I, I just, like I live by this concept, you know, I surround myself with people that I know I can, you know, learn from and grow with for a reason. And that, you know, those people are my family here. I've chosen them to be my family and I consciously spend a lot of time with them because I know they're going to help me to become better. Mm-hmm. And um, in the broader context, again, just going back to our society and how that's going to help us to grow all together and just become better because, you know, if you're surrounded by the wrong circle, then sadly, you know, it affects you. Deeply. It affects you yeah. and then it affects everybody else around you. And exactly. Society as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it, choose wisely. 
because I think for, for me, I've noticed this and this is from me learning, not me preaching or anything, but uh, a few years ago when I when I first moved here, I just started to hang out with a lot of different people because, you know, you're new to a country, you don't have a lot of friends, you don't have any family here. You need to make friends. You need to create relationships and start hanging out with people to understand who's right for you. And for me, it was hard to choose because, you know, you need a sample size to choose from. And long story short, I started hanging out with this group. They're not my friends. They're not my family. Sort of acquaintance. Um, but initially, it was fun to hang out with them. Okay. And I might have picked up a bad habit or two from them. I did have a lot of fun with them, but when I really think about it, that sort of relationship was not great. And had I chosen them to be, say, my family now, I would be a very different person. Yep. I wouldn't be a very good person for society, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, I, I think that's, that's why I said that the role of family is really just to make, our, make or break our society. Pretty much. Yeah, I think it's it's really hard because you are, it's like the whole idea of you are who your friends are. <laughs> and that really, really yeah. takes, that really is impacted. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a really big thing when you're having to decide who your friends are because you're not just going to be friends with everyone. And I think if you are friends with everyone, you're friends with no one. Exactly. So, because. Like, exactly. Who are your friends if you're yeah. friends with everyone? Because mm -hmm. if you tell everyone, like I personally would not open up to every single person I meet and say, this is my whole life story. Mm -hmm. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. Like there's a level of, there's a level of decency as to how much you know. Yeah. And for me, like it's always been, I think like I've always had my wall up for a lot of people and you can naturally feel who you can open up to easily yeah there are some people who you know okay you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna get close to me mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like it's really interesting to especially when you're learning to do it as you get older yeah because like you are like you don't want to open up to everyone but you're still having to know people yeah and you're still wanting that connection with people mm -hmm. so yeah it's really interesting yeah <laughs> it is i think it's it's gonna be constantly evolving as well um and each person might think about this differently but to me i think it's just really good to actually keep in mind that you need to really think about who you want in your family and also actually this is going to be a little bit of a side note but um I started to read up more on romantic relationship, not that I'm in one or interested, but I'm just curious, right? Because, and I'll, I'll talk to, to you about this in a little bit, because I think one of the questions might mention this, but um, when my family, my blood family just kept asking me about, you know, like partnering up and, you know, like settling down, it came to my mind, like, why? Why is it so important to you? So I started reading up on it and... Um, the concept that we just talked about, you can choose your family. Mm -hmm. That is also important. If and when you decide to be in a relationship, it's very important to choose your partner. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, based on books and research and things like that. Um, I think uh, there are multiple books out there that you can, you know, read up on and um, probably do your own research as well. There's a book I haven't read, but I got this recommendation from Ali Abdal, one of the YouTubers that 
pretty, you know, pretty on right now about books and learning and growth. Um, the book called ha- is called How to Not Die Alone. And he has a podcast as well. And um, the author of the podcast came on the show to talk about the book. Oh, wow. And yeah, so she, she talked about the concept of, you know, choosing your family and how do you how do you choose your partner? So, yeah, I think it's also very important that if and when you decide to have a family, choose wisely. It's going to be a process as well. And, and that's why I started questioning all the things that my extended family said to me. I mean, this is not just, you know, over the past three months that I was away, but also like, you know, it's been a while as well, even before I I came back. And the reason I started to be like really into this stuff is because I was like mentally preparing myself for seeing my family for such a long time because, you know, I know it could be too much and it was. Um, So I was kind of like reading up on it and I saw this and I was like, that is so true. This is why a lot of people's lives are miserable because they just rush into relationship and they don't really choose their partners. No offense. <laughs> You're one of those people, no offense. But We're not judging you. Yeah, not no. judging at all. But I, I just observe yeah. a lot of people in, um, you know, in my circles of people that I know um, that I don't really talk to, but I kind of know. And then um, I, I just notice that it's it's a real thing. Like, I, I see a lot of flourishing relationships, like, you know, people cho- who chose their partners really wisely and then they have a great life and they don't care about, you know, the judgment of their families or, or society in general. And that's great. But there are some, some other people that just need to rush into a relationship or just need to get married because they are forced to or, yes. you know, they've been knacked to do so. They're reaching their expiration date. Yeah, if that is actually a thing, <laughs> as if. Um, but yeah, like I find that to be extra interesting when we're talking about the role of family. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're in a, the wrong relationship, you're going to be the wrong person for yourself as well. Yeah. And in turn, you're going to be the wrong person for society. What are you contributing? Yeah. Most of the time, probably, probably nothing. Yeah. And probably you're just draining the energy of everybody else. So I'm very conscious of that, which is why, you know, like this is a it's a process. If you find the person, you find the person. If you consciously want to find them. Yeah, that's your mission. Great. Yeah. But choose wisely. Yeah. For me, it's so interesting when you see like a person fresh out of relationship that's quickly gone into a new one. And I'm like, oh, how? Oh, yeah. How do you (laughs) like? I know. For me, it took me two years to heal from like a previous relationship. And now they're like two months later and they're in another one. I'm like. I stare at it for a second. I'm just like, okay, that's um, that's an interesting way to go about it. Yeah. So like, that's the whole like when yeah. you choose your partner. Yeah. You don't know so much about them as well. Yeah. And imagine if that turns into a, an actual family. Yeah. A, a, an actual family unit. Yeah. How's that gonna go down? And <laughs> I'm then, sorry, but I, <laughs> I highly doubt it's gonna go anywhere. No, but like, especially if they have kids and stuff, the brunt of it is gonna be the kids. The kids yeah. are gonna be like pretty much what their parents are Mm -hmm. and then that cycle definitely continues Mm -hmm. so especially when they have the whole idea of getting married young is very interesting to me because there are people (laughs) fresh out of high school that go and get married yeah in a lot of cultures sometimes that works yeah 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 sometimes it does yeah you know but a lot a lot of other times it doesn't unfortunately so it depends you know if if you've chosen the right person to become your family great but if not Think hard. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone's that lucky. <laughs> yeah. Make, make decisions. Yeah. 
take a long hard look at it. Not you don't have to marry them just because you've been together for a long time. Yeah, exactly. That's not the basis of a no <laughs> of building a family. That's not why you I mean, build one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But what do I know? Yeah, I'm a I'm a single woman who knows nothing about this stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. This is my personal opinion from observation, but yeah. Um, yeah. very observant people, so we see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you can close now. <laughs> um, okay, so when you decided to like five years ago, you said yeah. that almost five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you decided to live abroad. Yeah, and move abroad. Was that like a thought out? decision or was it something that you just you knew that you wanted to go ahead and do I think it's a combination of both um in the sense that I didn't plan to come to Australia and have my life play out exactly the way that it is now Mm -hmm. I never intended to stay (laughs) okay okay Okay. (laughs) I never intended to stay and interestingly enough it sort of worked out And yeah, that's the concept of choosing where you live. But that's probably for another topic. However, it was also um, thought out in the in the sense that I made that decision consciously, mm-hmm. and no one rushed me into that. I was the one forcing people to deal with it, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, when when I wanted to go to Australia for my um, masters, everyone was asking why. First of all, why now? Why don't you get married? Why don't you go to work first? Mm-hmm. Get some experience. Why not another country? So lots of questions from people, but I, I made that conscious decision because, from my own personal choice, it was good to be in an environment where I can actually grow and thrive. So that was my the basis of my decision. I needed to be in a place where it's multicultural, when I can where I can learn about a lot of different people and you know different cultures. I need the place to be a welcoming environment and and a kind one. I need to be able to get exposed to as much culture and art as possible because that's what I love. Um, and Melbourne sort of ticked all the boxes. And um, on top of that, it's great here. Yeah, you know, it's just it's such a great place to be. And yeah, I just. Sometimes still pinch myself that I'm living here mm-hmm. for that reason because that was it was well thought out in that sense. You know, I chose the place and I chose to move away, and I chose here for that reason. I did ex- I didn't exactly choose to like you know half my life this way. Um, actually, moving away permanently from my family, which is something we can talk a bit more about, and which I think is important for the topic of the day because moving away. Temporarily is very different from moving away permanently, and um, if I'm honest, I'm still dealing with it. Like I'm still dealing with the change. Mm-hmm. It was like last year, I got my residency, and it was such a great thing yeah. to happen in 2022. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> But on the other hand, I was kind of like, okay, now this is hitting me for real. That means mm-hmm. I won't see my parents as much. Mm. That means I won't. I probably won't be there when they need me. Sometimes. Yep. That means we'll probably communicate less. Mm-hmm. And it comes with guilt, which I know we'll talk about. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. This is the pretext of everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
so how did you did, was there any convincing of your family that you were going to that you were sort of like in a way I know a lot of parents worry about like the financial aspects of being yeah. financially independent and being able to look after yourself yeah yeah was there any worry on their side oh yeah <laughs> you just opened a can of worms oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah they, they were definitely very worried and uh-huh. I think it it is um it, it is something that would be different for each and every one of us mm-hmm. my family we're definitely not well off. Okay. We're very far from that. And, you know, if um, if I were to think about my life before I moved to Australia, we basically just live a real, really, like, very basic life. Like, you know, just, like, go through every day. Mm-hmm. Have a little bit of entertainment at home. My mom doesn't even go out. Ever. Mm-hmm. So imagine... She doesn't go out, but she sent me to Australia, and it's very expensive. Yeah. So to her, it was like, okay, you can't go, but this is how much I can give you. The rest, you're on your own. You're on your own, kid. Yeah, Taylor Swift hits hard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, like, I know, we, we just mentioned Taylor Swift. That song hit so hard when it came out, because, yeah, it is basically what it was. Yeah. So yeah, for, for me, it was a lot of convincing... And a lot of betting on myself mm-hmm. because, you know, it could have gone down a very different way. It could be, okay, you go, we're going to give you tuition. You're going to take care of everything else. That is the condition. Mm-hmm. If you can take care of yourself, you can go. If not, it's probably going to be a no. So it took a lot of convincing and it took me a lot of betting on myself to to make it through the past five years, you yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's a process. And even as each year went by, there was even more convincing to do. Okay. Up till this point, I don't have to convince anybody else anymore because they know I can do it. Yeah. But, you know, you could imagine when you, you're fresh in a country and you're figuring things out, you're already questioning yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you get the questions from your family too. So it's kind of like... Uh, you know, pressure from both sides. Yeah. At one point, it was kind of like this. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, yeah, that that's that's pretty much the, the convincing. I had to do a lot of convincing even last year when I was working on my application for my residency. Because, yeah, like, I think it was like, are you sure? What else are you going to do? La, la, la. I mean, yeah, I'm not even going to go down that road because it's just so much. It was so much to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we're here because of all the betting on myself and because of a lot of convincing. And, um, I'm glad I did. It took a lot of work, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. You got, you're here and you got residency. You've, you've got three cats with you. Yeah. I have, yeah. My family. family. (laughs) My cat family. Your babies. My babies. Exactly. Yeah, I think one of the things that, like, for me, even when I was thinking about where I'm going to do my master's, I, I'm, I'm a chicken. I stuck, I stuck with staying with my family. Um, but there were so many things. Like, I know a lot of friends of mine. They moved from, they moved to London for their masters and did their masters there. And it was like watching it. I had huge FOMO because I was just like, I could have done that. Mm. But for me, like, I was so worried about them. I was more worried about them than I was for me. I was mm. like, I could do my master's anywhere. Yeah. But 
I'll stick with them because I'll leave my sister mm. by herself. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine leaving her by herself dealing with my parents. Mm. I love my parents, but they're a lot. Yeah. So it was that aspect of like, okay. And I think there's a whole thing about being the eldest child as well. That hits. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there's no way I could financially support myself if I was to go. I have no clear direction as to what I would do there. And that got, I think it, it got to me to a point where, okay, yeah, not doing this now. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it came like a big thing when I decided to not go. Mm. And I had a chance to. I was, I applied to London University. I got in, mm. but I just. It didn't feel right. No. It didn't yeah. feel like something I could consciously do. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone's, like, very different. And I know a lot of people do it and thrive through. I mean, you're definitely thriving Thank through you. it. You're doing, a, like, watching it. It's just so nice to watch. <laughs> but, like, it wouldn't start off that way for sure. Well, like, it would have been a lot of, yeah. like you said, hard work goes into it. Yeah. I could I could give you, like, a list of, I don't know, a hundred things that went wrong mm -hmm. throughout the process. But uh, going back to what you just shared, and thank you for sharing that. Um, I had no idea, but you know what? It is your choice. And at one point you might want to go back to that story and pick it up and run with it again. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't right for you back then, but who knows what's going to happen in five years. Yeah. And the other thing is I, I had the exact same conversation with my cousin just before I came back to Melbourne and, um, the conversation happened because he's one of the two children and uh, his brother already moved to another city for work. Mm -hmm. It's not that he's moving away forever. It's the same country, just another city. Mm -hmm. And my cousin really wants to study abroad and also wants to have the expat life and, you know, move away permanently if possible mm -hmm. because, you know, that's, that's life. Like, you, yeah. you just, some of us just itch to go somewhere else. So he had a lot of sort of like doubt and guilt. And what I told him is, you know what? If if it's right for you, just do it. Because mm -hmm. the guilt is there only because you're worried about something that hasn't happened or probably won't happen. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're afraid that your sister is not going to make it without you, maybe you're wrong. Yeah. Maybe she'll she'll do great. And, you know, you'll do great as well mm -hmm. on your own. So, like, the, it's just for my cousin. He wants to go. For you, it's a bit different because you're, like, you're also, like, on the fence, right? Yeah. So it depends on each person's. Um, for my cousin, he, he really wants to go, but he has that guilt and sort of, like, that question here that he doesn't know how to answer. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we had a we had a heart to heart and it was just like you know what if it is right for you it's going to work out for your family as well mm -hmm. because when you thrive and you're doing what's best for you you can support your family emotionally mentally financially anything you want mm -hmm. can you do that right now probably not because you're suffering you're not happy with where your life is mm -hmm. so how are you going to support other people yeah very true yeah that's what i told him and i hope it i hope it sticks you know i hope i hope he's 
listening to me and, and just not let it take over whatever yeah. it is that he wants to do with his life. And I'm pretty sure he won't. I believe in my cousin. So, yeah. you know, and I believe in you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point when you feel like you're ready for a change or if you itch for a change, it's going to be there for you. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about expat. I have absolutely no idea what that means. So I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah. itching to know okay. what that whole ideology and what that whole family means. Well, expat is a community of people that move away and work somewhere else, mm-hmm. not where they're based, born bred, basically. That's like the, the gist of it. There are a lot of communities out there. And you know, I, I had a friend who... Um, started to join this expat community. I forgot the name now, but it's, a, it's an expat community in Melbourne to make friends, you know, socialize, okay. make friends. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea and the, the whole concept of, of expats, it's not new. Mm-hmm. A lot of people either have done this or is going through it right now. Yep. Um, for me, it's a bit different because I don't know if I can call myself an expat anymore. Okay like i live here now so yeah. you know i used to be an expat probably last year that's what i would call myself but now that i've chosen this place to be my home is a bit different yeah. um but for a lot of people for example i remember my high school teacher um her husband used to be an expat actually also in australia because they work for the embassy so they oh, wow. lived in canberra and she actually told me a lot of stories about canberra it was hilarious how she had uh, so many kangaroos in her front yard and i <laughs> have not seen a single kangaroo in melbourne so no. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> oh, a different story. But anyways, um, so yeah, like I, I think each person would deal with it very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, my A lot of my uh, extended family, you know, have, yeah. have done that or is actually in the process of going through that as well. And it's an interesting thing because you get to open your mind. You know exactly when you're going to go back to and you have this whole new world in front of you at that moment. So... Yeah, I think it, it's going to change you a lot while, while you're an expat because a lot of people went from being an expat to a resident of some other place, even maybe a citizen, you know? Yeah. So that is the case and will probably be the case for me. Yeah. And um, it changed. that's why it changed the, the concept of family. Mm-hmm. Because as I said before, right, while, while I was an expat, my friends here were my family and now that I'm not an expat here anymore I need to think about it because yes you have your friends but they're gonna go on with their lives they're gonna settle down most of them will so how do you want to live your life I don't know I haven't answered that question Mm. it is I mean I have I have friends that message me and like my, my best friends who message me and be like, if you say you don't have any family here, you're wrong. I am your family. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the family you get when you're an expat or when you're a resident of another city of another country without your blood family around you would be very different. Will they drop everything to come help you when you need them? Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's not a definitely. Your, f- your blood f- family would always come. Like, yeah. it is a yes. Like, always. 
a drop out of a hat, they're there. Exactly. Yeah. You know that because, you know, your family's here, right? Yeah. So whenever you need them, they're there. Exactly. Will my friend come help me when I need someone to, I don't know, hopefully this won't happen, but take me to the hospital. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my friends were there for me when I lost my cat. They were there to, you know, to, they were there with me when I had to say goodbye to her. They were there with me when I went through the process of um, just dealing with the loss and everything. But yeah. at the end of the day, will they always be there? You don't know because, you know, your friends will grow and change as well. They might find someone, settle down, and then their family then mm -hmm. will be their priority. So it, this is like my struggle of the day. I, I don't have any answer for you. I'm just sharing my struggle of <laughs> no, the day. Yeah. That I don't know how this is going to go down. And I'm very happy with how things are, how life is right now. But it is a question on my mind. Like, will I have someone yeah. to always be there? Yeah. And I guess that's why people settle down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess. Like, that's why it would be guys to have a partner. <laughs> I guess that's why. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. And also, I was I was joking with my friend the other day. I was like, you know, Melbourne's so freaking expensive right now. I think that's why people settle down. Yeah. Easier, cheaper to share rent. Exactly. And utilities. Yeah, you pay half. I pay half. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> I know. I live by myself. So ridiculously expensive. Um, but I'm very happy about it. Just, just saying. I don't need, to, I don't need a partner to make it cheaper. I'm no. very happy with how things are. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The ideal world. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that's just you know some thoughts. Yeah. Maybe somebody um, or an expert who does research in this might know better. But like these are just questions and thoughts that I have on a pretty much a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Or if not, you know, every other day I'll be like, okay, let's think about life for a second. And then it hits me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really big, like, it's crazy just how much we we don't realize how much we think about these things. Yeah. And, like, the only time I ever realize how often I think about it is when I'm, like, sitting alone. And then that's where it's just, like, I'm alone right now. Mm -hmm. I could be surrounded by so many people, but I'm alone right now. And it's, like, it's really daunting a lot of the times because it's, like, okay, what am I doing alone? Like I go out, I love going out for brunch. Majority of the time, I'm on my own doing it. Me too. They're like 85% of the time, I'm by myself. Maybe we can go together. Yeah, yeah. Next time. Yeah, exactly. hit me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you live in the city, I'll come to you. Yeah. I mean, I can come to you, that's fine. Yeah. So it's like, it's crazy just how, like, there's new restaurants that I want to go try, or there's like a new movie I want to go try. Majority of the time, I know that there are some people in my life that yeah. would come with me. Yeah. But they're all in relationships. Mm. And I know that they would go and bring their partner. And I'm like, the third wheel every I single time. I don't want to live the third wheel in life. Yeah, I've, I've, I've lived that life. It wasn't fun. No. I mean, if your friends are nice and conscious people, yep. they will make it fun for you. But uh, I didn't have fun. Yeah. I didn't and have now fun. I know it was just because of the people. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I third will another couple and it was great. So you can compare when, when you've, when you've yeah. <laughs> done enough of third wheeling. You know, you'll know which one's better. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it depends. It, and also, I really, I highly appreciate doing things by yourself. A lot of people go to me and I'm like, how are you eating by yourself? And I'm like... 
what do you mean? Why, why can't you eat by yourself? Yeah. Like, what is wrong? Yeah. There's literally one friend I have. I always go to the movie by myself because I just love to hear myself talk. <laughs> so, like, when I'm, like, talking, I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, watching a film. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad hates it, so I usually t- bring my dad along. Yeah. Majority of the movies I go to, it's yeah. my dad next to me. <laughs> um, but when I go by myself, my friend messaged me, and then she's like, how do you go to... I've never gone to a single movie on my own. I can't imagine going on a, on my own. She decided one day she wanted to go see Avatar, so no one was available. So she's like, okay, I'll go see it by myself. She messaged me after. She's like, I can see why you like going on your own. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's scary. Go. It's scary when you first do it because yeah. you're just like, everyone's surrounded by people and they're all talking. You actually get to do the things that you want to do and get to focus on scenes that you want to focus on and do things at your own pace. Like if you go shopping by yourself, the amount of times you can go into a store three times and not people complain Mm -hmm. is so good. (laughs) It's so nice being like, oh, no, I'm really thinking about that skirt. Okay, I'll go back in and see if it's still there. Yeah. Like the people, you don't have to guilt no one has guilting you. No one is making you feel a certain way. Yeah. Like, like, why are you buying so much stuff? Exactly. Well, I just want to. Yeah. Why are you going in the sales section? Well, because it's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and something's cute over there. Exactly. <laughs> like, why are you buying a shirt for five bucks? Because it's five bucks. Why are you buying a shirt for 89? <laughs> <laughs> so it's so nice to yeah. have that, the capacity to only deal with yourself. Love that. Yeah. I never, I never regret going by myself anyway. I love that for you. There are some people that I regret hanging out with. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Same. Oh, Same. There are people just like, oh, I shouldn't have gone. I did not have the mental capacity to deal with you today. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. God, too much drama, some people. Yeah. Well, I have a stack of movie tickets that, you know, to commemorate the Ooh. times I went by myself. Yeah. Probably this high. Uh, I love collect, uh, keeping the movie tickets. Yeah, I mean, that was in the past when yeah. I was in Vietnam because, you know, they printed everything out. But okay. now everything's on my phone. But, uh, yeah, like, probably same stack. But, yeah, <laughs> like, it's like this. And I'm like, it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss any details in the movie. And then no. everybody else is like, what happened? When they go with, you know, when they go with other people, I'm like, well, because you're talking. So you don't wa- no, not really watching it. Yeah, I hate talking in movies. Hate talking in movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next, while we get all, <laughs> it's the rabbit hole. Let's go. Let's go to the next one. Okay. So the the expatriation life, expatriation. Yes, expatriation yeah. sort of life. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we sort of go about chasing that without sort of worrying about the family that we're leaving? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna have to make a disclaimer. Not everyone is lucky enough to be able to choose this life guilt-free. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is I have a happy and healthy family. They're not wealthy, but they're happy mm-hmm. and they're healthy. Yeah. So that is enough for me to feel like I can just go. Mm-hmm. No one is there to take care of my mom. Like... I mean, by no one, I mean no one else because I'm her only child. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that she doesn't have anyone at all to take care of her. 
She has friends. She has her brothers and sisters, her nieces and nephews. A lot of people care about her. But like when you think about the traditional family context, people would think that she has no one to take care of her, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's why a lot of people have guilt because of that. Like the traditional family dynamic, you need to be in one place. So the disclaimer I'm making is for people who might have a very different life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe, for example, um, I came across this um, lady a while ago and I remember, I, I think I was interviewing her for a role at my previous um, job and she was saying that, oh, I need to plan out my work day so I can take my dad to and from the hospital. So I need a job that is remote, flexible enough so I can do that. So then when I think about her situation, and, and this comes from my empathy, right? I think, I don't think about just her work day, but I think about her whole life because she's now taking care of her sick dad. What about, you know, her her own life? What about her moving away or traveling or, you know, starting a family of her own? A lot of thoughts go through my mind when I think about people's circumstances. And and so I think for that reason, it depends. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can have this life. And um, I think for us, for, for us expats, or for me, used to being an expat, to be able to have that life was a privilege. And not a single day goes by that I don't think about how lucky I have been mm-hmm. throughout this whole process. And I'm truly thankful I'm also glad that, you know, my my family is still very happy, very healthy. You know, I mean, things have happened, but overall, they're all good. So, you know, that that is sort of like the backbone to how I can stay here and, and just get on with my life, pretty much. Not, not worry too much about it. And um, for other people, I think the, the starting point would be to think about what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Because... I would say, let's just take the example of the girl whose dad is sick. If she could find a way to help her dad um, because she really wants to move away, that would really help her, right? But then the question is, why does she want to go? And how important is it to her life? Because, you know, maybe she might just not want to go. A lot of people just want to stay in one place with their family. I've heard a lot of that, actually, when I was studying. A lot of people just couldn't wait to go back to their home country because of how spoiled they are at home. And I'm happy for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, a lot of people really want to change their lives, change environment, because not, not in the sense that they need to run away from anything at home, but in the sense that they need to go somewhere else so that they can grow and be their true selves just like me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be who I actually am. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't happy. So I recognized that and I decided that, you know what, I need to move. But traditionally speaking, I'm in a Southeast Asian country. Mm-hmm. My family's not wealthy. My mom and dad split up. My mom's taking care of uh, her parents. I mean, now my grandpa. If you think about all of that, why would I go away? I shouldn't. I should just stay home to take care of my mom and my grandpa, right? Traditionally speaking. But the reason that I could just go and live my life 
and do whatever the heck I wanted with it, <laughs> excuse me, is because I think about my life in the grand scheme of thing and I know that I would regret it yeah. when I die. Mm-hmm. It seems a bit, you know, grim, but I like to think about it that way. This is like also related to this is a is a concept from it's a actually not concept but research from um, a book called Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Mm-hmm. So you know one one of the one of the most um, thought of for the dying when they think about their lives is they didn't live a life true to themselves. That's what they re- they regret the most. Mm-hmm. So it just sort of confirmed my train of thought. And, you know, like, I think for me that was important. So I I found my why, mm-hmm. and then I started to think about my how. Obviously, I wasn't happy to leave my mom um, simply because, to me, she's the one that, that needs a lot of help. This is sort of like the reverse parenting that sometimes we talk about. Yeah. You know, what about our parents? Yeah. Are they actually, like, just all good? Like, they don't need to learn and grow anymore? I don't think so. I think reverse parenting is so, so important, which is why whenever I talk to my mom, I tend to bring up things that I think would be good for her, things that she could do differently. Of course, in a nice way, not in a preachy way. But for me, growing away actually helped because she's become more comfortable in her own skin. She's doing a lot of things that she didn't do before and she's trying new things. Mm -hmm. She's hanging out with her friends more. She's having fun without me, which is very important. I don't want to be my mom's whole life. Yeah. That's what I was scared of. I don't want to be her whole life. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Because a lot of like when you're raising a kid, that becomes your entire like reason to live. Yeah. And then suddenly when that child decides to move, they're having to find their own or the child, even when the child gets older, yeah. not even... They could still be living in the same house. They just don't need you as much. And I think I've spoken about this on my other show. Yeah. And it's so common to how much it actually affects both sides. Mm -hmm. Because then you're like, okay, well, what can my parent really do for me now? They have nothing really. They've shown me everything. They've guided me in so many ways to who I am now. I don't need them as much as I do. So it's so interesting to see just how much yeah. the parent has to go find their own life. Mm-hmm. And like I, I think for me personally, always knowing that the distance, sometimes distance is better for a lot of parent and child oh, relationships. 100%. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> On both sides. Yeah. Very. Like sometimes moving away does more, there's something better than actually staying there and mm-hmm. working through. Yeah issues yeah because you find your own life she finds her own life mm-hmm. and it's so much yeah it's everything's karma couldn't agree with you more yeah yeah my relationship with my mom has improved dramatically mm-hmm. ever since i moved away we were constantly fighting over little things when i was living at home with her mm-hmm. and in a way i was i felt like i was suffocating Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I know that she was probably not happy about whatever it was that I was doing either. Yeah. And um, I, th- I think there was a a little bit of guilt involved in, in the whole process of like, you know, living at home and fighting with your mom all the time. 
because, you know, like it's not a healthy family environment. And um, another thing that I have to say, and this is out of love for my family, is I, I was severely anxious when I was at home. And I felt that again over the three months that I spent with my family. And I did the, the three-month trip not for myself but for them mostly yeah. because, you know, I know that, you know, we've been away for so long because of COVID, because of my, you know, visa process. I, you know, I wanted to make sure everything was working out before I visited them just so, you know, like I don't have to worry about paperwork and things like that. So instead of going back in the um, in early 2022, I, you know, I came back last year, like end of the year. And, uh, of course, they were so thrilled to see me, mm-hmm. right? Because, yep. you know, like, I was away for so long, and I was happy to see them as well. But what they don't know, and I don't know any if any of them would watch this. I mean, I share the shows with them. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do watch this, great. But yep. um, I do have to say that it was a lot of anxiety throughout the three months that I'm still recovering from. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm with my family, I'm, like, I'm just anxious. I, I I probably need to talk through this at therapy, but um, I think the reason is because of the expectations, because of the not having your own space, of not having your space being respected, yeah, of not having who you are respected even. So a lot of that goes back to why you need to move away, right? Because I, I realized all of this really early on mm-hmm. in my early 20s. I knew that I needed to do something differently. Mm-hmm. And so I went and just with no plans, really, like I just wanted to get a a different kind of education, just open my eyes to things and and just and just grew to be somebody different. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a big part of me thought that, you know, when I finish my studies and my two years of work, because we could, you know, stay for two years and work in Australia after Mm -hmm. studying, I would go back and be a better person. But, you know, throughout that process, I also realized that I if had I gone back I probably would need some distance as well. Yeah. In the sense, I probably won't be in the, under the same roof with them. Maybe not even the same city. Because mm-hmm. you just talked about distance. And yeah. this is healthy distance that I'm talking about. So I've created a, a 7,000 kilometers buffer zone between me and my family. Yeah. So I can manage my mental health and, you know, be my own person and probably just be a bit better for it. It would be better for us all <laughs> because we're, we're always learning together, not just me. Yeah. My family too, and I and I hope, especially my mom, I hope it helps because mm-hmm. uh, I I see that she's you know happy, yeah, she's okay, and um, she's doing her things, so that's what I'm I'm the most happy about, and I'm I'm really just you know believing that she's gonna keep doing that and it's gonna keep helping her. But um, the reverse parenting that I'm talking about, <laughs> another thing that I want to mention before we go on to the next one is mm-hmm. she constantly asked me about partnering up. Mm-hmm. And w- when she, whenever she mentions that, I ask, what about you? You're telling me to do that, but what about you? Mm-hmm. Are you partnering up with someone that you like? Okay. And she's like, it's too late for me. And I was like, what do you mean? It's never too late. Mm-hmm. It's not the right time for me right now. I don't need it. I need to focus on other things. But maybe it's the right time for you because you've done enough with the family. Yeah. I mean, she needs to take care of grandpa, but everybody in the family knows how much she takes care of him. Yeah. And everybody knows how much she could benefit from something else. 
mm-hmm. and I know I know this not because I just want her to couple up with someone, but I know this because she sort of mentioned it to me in conversations, in passing, or probably in detail. You know, when we converse, mm-hmm. something along the line of, "Oh, it would be nice to have someone," but she doesn't do anything about it. No. So now I have to do the the worst <laughs> parenting of saying. Mom, I think it's good for you to go out there and just, first of all, make friends. Because she said that to me. <laughs> she said, so why, don't you, yeah, why don't you go out more and make friends? Yeah. And then I'm like, right back at you. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do, Do that. <laughs> Do that. And then we'll talk. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that that's the most interesting thing to me um, throughout the process of moving away, being an expat into now, Yeah, you know, living somewhere else completely yeah it's a yeah it's a different life i mean i i still have to think through the whole thing of like living here forever but that's a story for another day because there's a lot into that my friend <laughs> we can do an hour on that yeah we can yeah no not an hour, like, we can do a whole day on that like yeah. just all the aspects of life <laughs> oh, so apart from that like three months of being able to see them how often do you still sort of keep in touch with your mom and the rest of your family as well? Mm, I'm not going to sound like a very good daughter now, but um, <laughs> I probably call her once a week or once every fortnight. Okay. You know, like video call the family and her and grandpa. Uh, my grandpa is partially deaf, so she's my <laughs> interpreter yep. pretty much. Um we text mm-hmm. every other day. Uh, my dad and I don't talk as much. We probably call like once every quarter. Okay. But we text pretty much every week. Um, and I think it is because of how close. That reflects how close we are, you know. So I'm closer with my mom than my dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, with the extended family, we have a family group chat. Like everybody, every yeah. other family. So... You know, whenever something goes on in the group chat, I'll just chime in. But yeah, they don't really care that much, to be honest. They don't ask questions. Yeah, yeah like once a, once a year, I'll probably get a call from one of them. But it's not like constant calling. So to me, that's healthy because we stay in touch. You know, if there's anything new that, I, you know, I'll tell them. There's nothing new to tell them because I know exactly what they want to hear. Mm-hmm which is where where my boyfriend is. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm curious to know as well. So you tell me. Yeah. What is, you know, what is my boyfriend doing? You yeah. know, maybe he's finding me somewhere. I have no idea. Is he driving at the moment? Is he sleeping? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the kick it's funny in, in the family group chat. Because when I was at home, we, you know, converse a, a lot because, you know, they'll make friends to see one another and then I'll come and talk to them. And then they'll follow up with questions on the group chat and things like that. But... Yeah. When I'm away, not that often. Mm-hmm. I think the most important aspect for me is to have quality conversation over quantity. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, oh, I text and call my mom every day. And I respect that. Yeah. That is that is dedication. I respect that. Yeah. I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Because I need my own space. I need my own space to do my things, to think about what I need to do and just to grow as a person in general. Think about all the cooking and cleaning you're doing when you're living alone. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I work. Yeah. And the job is not easy. No. 
my mental space is this much at the end of the day. Yeah. So I don't want to give my mom that energy. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, when, you know, I have a very high level of energy, when I'm recharged, I'll give her a better conversation. Mm-hmm. I give, I'll give her all my attention. And that's what I want. I don't want to say, yeah, I, I want to text and call her every day just because everybody else does it. Quality over quantity. Yeah. So th- that's my personal mantra and just like my personal principle. But, you know, each person does it differently. Yeah. Well, I, I live with my mom. I still don't talk to her that often every day. Yeah. Like it's it's having that boundary and then both sides learning to respect that. Like she doesn't talk to me every day. Yeah. I don't talk to her every day. And then we live in the same house. Yeah. Like we're surrounded four by four walls. Mm-hmm. There's no way that we don't cross yeah. paths yeah. but we don't we yeah. really don't yeah and she's out the door at like 6 a.m going to gym i'm asleep at 6 a.m i'm leaving at seven to go to work and then that's it so it's like everyone has and i think it's it's good to not see the same person every day yeah. or talk to the same person every day because then it's something exciting like for me if you call and text your mum every single day or even both your parents every single day what are you left to talk about like there are some days that there's nothing exciting going on no no point in talking yeah. to them yeah and i'd rather like like you said quantity quality quality over quantity i would rather tell them something that i'm really excited for yeah. than sit there and just say oh yeah my day was good mm-hmm. as i was in pajamas all day yeah. like i was just working like occasionally they'll ask. Yeah. Occasionally I have to give that remark because that's literally all that happened. I'm working in PJs like the entire day. <laughs> <laughs> Great update, by the way. Yeah, I love that update. Yeah, it's a good visual. Yeah. <laughs> My Great. hair in a bun, that's it. Yeah, we love that. Yeah, it's, it's work attire mm-hmm. at work. So, yeah. yeah. Very appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all why right. you do remote work. I know, right? It's yeah. best job ever. <laughs> okay so going into audience questions okay we did get sent given some audience questions okay so we're gonna go through them Mm -hmm. and hopefully you can help us answer this because apparently this is what everyone is struggling with same time yeah um okay so how do you deal with homesickness i'm gonna sound really bad right now but i don't get homesickness Mm -hmm. so I don't know how to answer that, but I will say certain moments will give you homesickness. Like not all the time, but sometimes like a feeling. Mm -hmm. So to me, Lunar New Year is a very important occasion Mm -hmm. because I grew up surrounded by family, you know, during Lunar New Year. So if I ever get homesickness, it's around that time. Okay. Not Christmas, not New Year, Lunar New Year. And to me, dealing with it is doing the things that I used to do and, you know, just spending more time with my family. Mm -hmm. So, for example, during the years that I couldn't visit my family, I would take days off Mm -hmm. um, during Lunar New Year and just stay on call with my mom as as much as I can. Because, you know, Lunar New Year is a very busy time. A lot of moms would pre- prepare, you know, all the food, the offerings, mm-hmm. doing all these like 
ceremonies and things, you know, over the course of days. Yeah. Um, and I remember this one year, I um, I think I took two days off. Uh, so like New Lunar New Year's Eve and Lunar New Year's Day, mm-hmm. and you know, just I actually cooked the same food. Oh wow! So yeah, like I made the same traditional food that that we normally make, and. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wouldn't make a feast because I'm one person yeah. and I don't hang out with a lot of Vietnamese people. Actually, I don't hang out with anyone until now because, you know, one of my friends just moved here. But mm-hmm. previously, I wouldn't, I didn't hang out with anyone that would celebrate Lunar New Year with me the same way that I do. Like maybe I'll invite my friend over and give them the food, but they wouldn't understand the exact intent and the feeling. Okay, yeah. So I would just stay on call with my families and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll share what I'm making. They will share what they're making. And then, you know, like I, I was going through my camera roll the other day and I found these photos of us cheering through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you know, because of the time difference, yeah. I wouldn't be having meals at the exact same time as they do. But, yeah, I'll prepare myself a glass of something and then cheer with them and just watch they eat. Yeah. I have this <laughs> one-minute video of my cousin eating. <laughs> Just like a mukbang for the Lunar New Year feast. I have no idea why I filmed it, but I, but I did. Hilarious. But yeah, that was very funny. Because, um, yeah, my cousin and I are very tight. So, yeah, yeah like uh, he was in front of the camera and I just filmed the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. And it kind of helped because I think it's, it's less the homesickness, but it's more the feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing, because I told you, I don't hang out with a lot of Vietnamese people. So no one yeah. really understands how I celebrate Lunar New Year. Okay. And then, yeah, like all the things going on uh, in at Chinatown and things like that. I don't relate with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't go out to be with other people because it's like, you know, they celebrate Chinese New Year, which is yeah. slightly different from Lunar New Year. And um, spending time at home like that just helped. So mm-hmm. for others who might struggle with this, I, I think... Um, if you struggle hard with homesickness and, you know, it happens on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, first of all, surround yourself with people that understand you. Mm-hmm. If you have great friends, I would recommend spending time with them. Um, do some activities together so it, it actually gets your mind off of the homesickness um, and helps you feel a bit less lonely. Mm-hmm. Um I think another thing to try is uh, definitely to do the, the exact same thing that you used to do at home. Um, if you can, then, you know, call your family, but probably not too much because if then you'll probably just be living, mentally living at home still. Yeah. Which I, I don't think is healthy. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if there was to be a healthy balance, I would say try, you know, the activities that you would normally do, but try them with your friends here. Yeah. Okay. Or wherever you are based. doesn't have to be Australia because yeah. I know there are expats just everywhere. Always <laughs> yeah, just come here. Yeah, we welcome people. Yeah. So, yeah, that that works. Um, so, yeah, I think those those would be the two main strategies that I'll, I'll recommend. But mm-hmm. personally, I just, yeah, I just only do something different for Lunar New Year. Otherwise, I have great people surrounding me. So I just, yeah, and I have a busy life. Like I pack my days with activities i don't think i have an issue with that Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's that's pretty much it for this question yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's really that's a really good answer thanks so how do i schedule family phone calls without being rude that's a that's a good one um 
initially I felt weird as well. Like I felt like I was being rude to my mom when I was like, I cannot talk. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that it's just me honoring my time and also honoring her time and, you know, really focus about uh, focus on the energy and the quality of the conversations. So what I would say is just be honest about your your situation, like whatever it is that you need to do. For example, for me, I told my mom, hey, I would love to talk to you over the weekend because I would have more energy and more headspace to, to share things because during the week, it tends to get really hectic. I don't know when I'm going to finish. So I just don't want to miss the calls if I've promised you to, to call you. So can we do the weekend? Okay. So my strategy is honesty, actually, for anything in life, really. So just be honest and talk about what exactly is happening and uh, make a time. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if you cannot call every day, do it every week and, you know, choose a time when you actually have the headspace for it so you can spend quality time with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your family would appreciate that as well. Um, I think I'm also lucky because my mom's not demanding in the sense that, hey, we need to call every day. And yeah. perhaps some other parents might want to check in every day um, just so they can be sure of, you know, how their kid's doing and things like that. Mm-hmm. But for people who are working, mm-hmm. I think it's extremely hard because you want to feel grounded where you are with your work and with everything else. Yeah. I know a lot of people stay on video calls all day throughout their work because they need to, you know, keep the other person in the loop. I remember um, this this one colleague of uh, of mine who, um, who used to stay on video call with her fiancé throughout the whole work day because they, they were in a long-distance relationship and that worked for them because, you know, that's important. But for me personally, I wouldn't do that because, you know, we're not talking and um, I'm probably just distracting myself or distracting the other person, for example. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say be honest about how much you want to communicate, how frequent you want to communicate and, and when you have the most energy mm-hmm. so they can appreciate your time more. And, you know, it's more meaningful whenever you talk because, you know, obviously if you talk all the time, just like you said earlier, there's nothing left to talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like how do you, what conversation do you have? Yeah. I think it's a really good, like, honesty is a really good one. I, for some reason, I am the biggest people pleaser in the world. And no matter how busy I am, I will answer a call. Yeah. And so that is like, I have a lot of friends who love that constant communication and love to be, love that reassurance each Mm -hmm. and every time. So they're extremely needy of me because I'm there at home away from home. Aww. So right now she's with her home, so it's fine. She's in her home, so it's fine. Aww. But like okay. there are just a lot of like situations where her and I are just, she's working, I'm working, we're muted. Like that long distance, we're just like yeah. muted yeah. and just doing the work. Sometimes I'm in meetings with you and then she's like right there. So it's like really, it's really nice to have that with certain people. I yeah. think with family, it's a very different thing. Yeah. Because family really love to mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. They love to sort of see what you're working up to and then you having to explain. Yeah. But I think in a lot of cases, when you're overwhelmed with like work and stuff, there is no way that you're going to be able to uphold. I barely want to see anyone when I'm busy with work, let know, alone right? like actually talking with them constantly. Yeah. So, yeah, I would... I would love that idea of trying to be honest with them too. Yeah. 
And I mean, let's be real. They should appreciate honesty. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think anyone would love a relationship based on lies and dodging the questions and just not talking to each other about what actually is going on. So as harsh as it may sound sometimes, just be honest. It would help both you and whoever it is that you're talking to from your family because what I realized in the past as well is when I didn't tell my mom these things, she didn't understand. Like, I I didn't tell her when I was depressed. She had no idea. Mm-hmm. I was constantly, like, pretending to be happy and okay. But then later on when I told her about the situation, she was kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. But then she started to understand me more and... Okay. She started to respect me more, for example. So, again, it's up to you. Like, you need to decide for yourself what works, which kind of information you want to let on. But I would say honesty is the policy. Maybe not right there and then Mm -hmm. if you don't want to share certain information. Because imagine this. You're going through such a rough patch. Um, Maybe you're dealing with some personal issues or like a a trauma that you just went through that you don't know how to explain to your family. Mm Probably not right then, yeah. but take your time and talk to them because sometimes they might be like, why are you so weird? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you not talking to me? Yeah, exactly. They don't understand what's going on. And I feel like that is just going to damage the relationship in the long run. So if you can say something like, I would love to tell you about it, but I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Can we just take it slow today and talk about something else? Yeah. Or... I'm not in the headspace to talk today. Can we text? Yeah. That works. I send my mom cat memes all the time and like photos of my cats just be like, hey, mom, life update. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm busy, but here's some life updates. We'll talk this weekend. Okay. Great. Sometimes that's what a lot of people just want. They want to know that you are okay. Yeah. And as long as like having that. And I think like another thing, I think you brushed up on it as well. It's, um being in the reality of your space so having that constant reminder that they're there like I, I think you were talking about lunar new year whereas like you forget the reality that you are here in a different place to them so like yeah. when you're spending the whole time it's still like you're back there mm. you're not like in realizing that your space is yeah. like in a different space well, to them it's good temporarily but not forever because yeah. you know like then what is the point of you moving away exactly so like that's what like the limiting of the phone yeah. calls is a really good exactly. strategy to be able yeah. to realize that you are here in mm-hmm. a different space and you are yeah. figuring things out yeah. here. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. another that's mm-hmm. another one. Um, the next question is, what if my parents don't seem to care that I've moved away or they don't want to check in with me? Ooh, that's the reverse one. Yeah, a complete opposite. Oh wow. <laughs> Well, I would say, ask yourself this question. Does it matter? Mm -hmm. Because chances are, and I know this sounds sad, but chances are if they don't care, they didn't really care previously anyway. And a lot of of family relationships are like this. And I, I, I hear this from one of my best friends. She said... Her mom doesn't care about her at all. The only reason that she's alive is because her mom felt the societal pressure to have children. Mm -hmm. 
and her mom seemed to try to have a relationship with her, but it's not organic. It's not like because of love or anything like that. It's just more like, okay, I'll try. Mm-hmm. So does it matter? Mm-hmm. I know parents and family and, you know, family in general is very important in all of our lives because it's like our, I don't know, like in, in a way it feels like you're, you have a ground like you, you feel grounded, you have your support system and you feel loved. Yeah. But does it matter if that's the case? Mm-hmm. Because chances are they're not giving you what you need. Mm-hmm. And perhaps ask yourself, like, how do you feel about them? Do you need them mm-hmm. in that way? Because if you have moved away, it is for a reason. And once you have moved away, you're going to have your own support system. You're going to choose your own family wherever you're based as well. Mm -hmm. So if your blood family doesn't care, then have a conversation with them and just really talk about what's wrong. If there's something that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's a fallout or there's a misunderstanding, that's a very different story from I don't care at all. Yeah. Right, because like a lot of people just don't care yep. that they have children. Unfortunately, I've, I didn't, I couldn't believe it when I first heard it. But yeah, now I know, which is why I have doubts about having children because I'm like, do I really want them? Yeah. Or do I just want them because everybody else has them? Yeah, because it's expectation of what exactly. you're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. So ask yourself that: is does it matter? Yeah. And then, if it if it does matter, and if it is because of something that happened, then work on it with them mm-hmm. and really spend time. And again, going back to that policy that I talked about, yeah, honesty is my policy. If it doesn't work out right there and then, take your time, but mm-hmm. definitely talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't matter at all, because it has always been that way, then I would say redirect that attention and focus on building your relationships where you are. Mm-hmm. Find your family, yeah. choose your family and build that. Yeah. It's yeah. a big part. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing to sort of build your own. Like, I mean, Taylor Swift's, Taylor Swift's lyrics hit more <laughs> than anything when it came out. I was like, you're in your kid. You always have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't realize it until you really get older and yeah. you're like, okay, I really am. Yeah. So, yeah. That song got. I replayed that song so many times. I think I broke Spotify. <laughs> well, you're just you're just adding to her record on Spotify. Yeah, exactly. So. Helping her. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have got. We have finished. That's all the questions. Wow. I know. What great questions, actually. I know. I like the questions. They're complete. The complete opposite. Yeah. The of transition. Each other. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> It's like, what wow. you, if they care too much, if they care too little, if they care at all. Yeah, wow. So, Amazing. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And for, like, Do I have an open mic? This. Yes. Oh, yes, you do have an open <laughs> mic space. Okay. I will give you the time to talk about. <laughs> I forgot about that part. But well, yeah. that's why I'm here, you know, because uh, we do the exact same job. I'm here to remind you. I'm, I've got your back, girl. Yes, you fix me when I'm messing up. <laughs> You didn't mess up. You just forgot because it's been such a great conversation. Yes. Um, All right. So I'll give but I'll make this minutes. quick because I know it's been a long conversation. Yes. And, um, yeah. I don't normally get to do this because I'm normally on the other end of the, <laughs> of the 
the room. <laughs> I don't sit here very often. No. This is new to me. It's yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, I um, I really want to talk about this today, which is related to the concept of family and the topic that we've been talking about. And actually, on my other shows last week, I was when I was recording, you know, Sarah Boost and doing well. I was thinking about this, and I thought it'd be really important to share because throughout the conversation today, we've talked a lot about, you know choosing a different life and how you deal with that in the context of family, how you deal with the guilt, all that sort of stuff, um, which is tough. But I do want to talk about the fact that there's a quote going around and I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, It goes something along the line of you're not late, you're not early, you're right on time. Mm -hmm. And I really want to talk about that in the sense of us figuring ourselves out before anything else. And this is because of what we've talked about. And also I want to emphasize the fact that um, if I've learned anything over the past five years, it is just to know yourself and know exactly what you want to do with your life. Because more often than not, you'll get asked these random questions either by your family, your friends, or just somebody else you meet, maybe in a networking event or whatever it is. They might ask you why you do certain things. And if you don't have an answer for that, it's because you don't know yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've learned this from myself as well. So I think it's very important for us to get to know ourselves and know what works for us. And that's like me doing the happiness and well-being show. And the whole time I'm just like, I don't really know the answer. Mm -hmm. Even though I've done this for a while, I still don't know the answer to happiness and well-being. And I think it's a it's a journey sort of thing. Like you're never going to get to the end of it. You, you never know the perfect answer, but you'll know what works for you. So I really hope uh, if anyone is listening to this, um, they'll, they'll just know to look inwards first and and not let anything else rush them. Because this is what I've been dealing with. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this as well. You just, sometimes you do things because other people ask you to do it or because you see other people do it and you're like, I need to do this now. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't need to do it if you don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Don't move away if you want to stay at home. Do that. You know, don't get married just because everybody else is. And don't get pregnant just because everyone else is popping out kids. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all have different life stories and life paths, but I truly believe in the power of knowing yourself and sticking with your own path. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to live with yourself the whole life. Nobody else will. Mm -hmm. So have a really good relationship with yourself. Know exactly what you want to do before anything else. And I'm still learning. Um, Every single day I find out something new about myself that I didn't know. And I think it's very important to continually upgrade that as well because you change over time. So find what works for you. And um, to the show's message, it's about family, but I think definitely take care of yourself first. You are your own family at all times. So take care of yourself. And um, don't let anyone else rush you to do anything you don't want to do. Yes, that's a really big one. Yeah. That's probably the one that I talk about so often. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone has their own sort of, everyone has their own timeline. Yeah. And that is like, even though everyone says that, 
it's still the one they, they say it because it's the truth yeah and like i i think especially the last like i think i've spoken about this on the show as well like the last few years of me being single me being completely by myself I had that whole ideology as that I was going to get married to this person. I was going to move to live with them because they're in a different state to me. So I was going to move there and have that whole ideology. But then suddenly um, it ended and then I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea. I had no other plan other than that's what I was going to do since I was probably like 18. Mm. And then finding out at 22 that that wasn't going to happen. I spent that whole time waiting and that wasn't happening. Yeah. And then had to rework everything that I ever knew, Mm -hmm. unlearn everything I've ever learned. Mm -hmm. And it was a big thing, but it was suddenly became the best journey because I got to really see that I didn't really like this person to begin with and that it wouldn't have ended well. It wouldn't have gone the way that we Mm -hmm. wanted because... Mm -hmm. I was doing everything to make the other person happy rather than myself happy. Yeah. So it was such a, it's such a good thing to be able to have that time by yourself. Oh, for sure. And thank you for sharing that. It must have been hard for you. I couldn't imagine going through something like that because I think for me, it's it's never got that far to the point where I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't imagine my whole life with this person. Never. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like if it happens, it happens. If not, that's okay, because yeah. there's a meditation that I really love. It's called, I am here, I am home. And mm-hmm. um, basically the idea is you're here, mm-hmm. you're home within yourself. And that's the most important thing, because a lot of the times, just like you, somebody else might be go, going through a relationship and they're like, it's so great to have someone. And I can imagine my whole life p- playing out like this. Mm-hmm. And you completely forget about yourself. Yeah. That has happened to me, like not to the extent of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just like throw my life away. I still knew what I wanted to do and I was still sort of like making time for that. But I did not put in as much time as I would have had I known that, you know what, first of all, this person isn't right for me. And second of all, I'm just like spending way too much time doing what they want instead of what I want. Yep. Or maybe trying to get their attention. Yes. Because that's what you do in relationships, right? You're like are we giving each other enough attention, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, like, I I really like the concept of being home within yourself. So, if anything, I I would recommend that to anyone who might be struggling a little bit with with what they want to do. Um, And, in fact, I have a little story about my friend who um, got out of a relationship not not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and we actually had a conversation, a big conversation last year because she wants to move to London, mm-hmm. her boyfriend doesn't. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend just her boyfriend got a house and he just wants to settle down. And they're really good together, mm-hmm. but not great together, unfortunately. And so we had a really like tough conversation about it because she was struggling with it internally and she didn't know who to talk to because it's it's kind of hard to have everybody else understand this. Because like, it's so easy to just settle down, right? Yeah. Like he's got his life figured out. So why don't you settle down with him? Yeah. But she doesn't want to do it. So see, this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. What What do you want to do with your life? What will you regret if you don't get this done yeah. for yourself? And are you feeling like you're you're okay, like you're here with yourself? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like it can be fun and all, you know, hanging out with your 
boyfriend, girlfriend, partners, whatever it is. But fun is not enough. No, no, for sure. So, yeah. And you can always have that adventure. You always want that adventure. And if for someone who wants that adventure, needs to find someone else who wants that adventure too. Yeah. So that's a really big, yeah, it's a really big change to have to like yeah. realization. Which is why you need to, to choose through. your family. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Lou, and for making the time on a Monday to come and (laughs) share this with me on a Monday and we're going so deep already so yeah (laughs) I chose Monday because I was like it's gonna be a great boost to start the week with yeah I didn't even know what the topic was until this morning (laughs) so I was like this works out great I love the topic yeah um but yeah thank you so much for having me and um it's a pleasure to be here my first time doing this and it's been fun Yes, I'm glad that you've enjoyed it. I'm glad yeah. that I hope that I've made it easy. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Anytime. I mean, come on, Dina. <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's always easy. <laughs> I will have both your shows linked down below. Thank you. For everyone to go check it out. I yeah. highly recommend both of them. They are Aww. both Thank you. Like her voice, just if you're listening to her voice now. Oh, really? It's so calming to have to listen to. So thank you so much for joining. Mm -hmm. And if you want to follow on social media and stuff, uh, it's all down below. So yeah, I hope you guys have a great day and I'll see you guys in the next episode. You've been listening to All Together, the Family Science Insights podcast, produced by Family Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 life management perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website at fa.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Dina Sargent and thanks for tuning in.